Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Que pasa? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm a simpleton. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving Eve. What do we call this, Brian? There's Christmas Eve. There's when Black Friday comes. I'm going to lay down in a hole. Lay down in it till I satisfy my soul. What, what do we call today, Bri? Hoops giving? You're gonna have to uh, come back in the room, Bri. You're uh, you've got this little you got this little bugaboo glitch in your deal, Bri. You have to you're gonna exit and come back in. It has been pretty wild couple days for me. Let me let me walk you inside here. So yesterday we did the show, and we have John Adams on Tuesday instead of Thursday, presented by the great Jennifer Morris Yoshihio. And then today's the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, which is a subject I've always been pretty fascinated with. So um, we did a John Adams retrospective with that yesterday. John is uh, extremely fascinated with it as well. He and I are on way different sides of that, but that's cool. And we had a 95-minute retrospective on that yesterday, which I really thought we would do like 45 minutes on, but we ended up going almost two hours and probably could have gone three. And then the basketball game happened last night, and I was thinking, you know, let's walk inside this thing. I was thinking last night, you know, it, it'll it be over like 10 o'clock-ish, and, you know, we'll get sleep at a decent hour, and because I'm, I'm adding up, you know, at three hours, three and a half hours. We did an hour and 45 minutes after the game last night. So now you're, now you're on six hours. Add in another two hours for the blog. Um, and some other stuff that I had going on yesterday, production and everything. I, I'm like, yesterday when I got done, I didn't know my name. So here we are. Tennessee, in back-to-back days, going to play the number one and number two team in America in, in a tournament that is all-time insane. Watson Brown's going to join us here for another Wednesdays with Watson. Sean Sinclair and Brian Hartman are both going to join at some point today, which is going to be fun. And then we've got uh, Tennessee... Uh, Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime coming up as well. But other than that, 
not a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, we're going to record at some point a Winners and Losers, our gambling podcast, presented by our friends at Miller Lite. But other than that, just kind of a restful holiday for me. Brian Hartman, K Pass, Amigo, let's try this again. Are you there, Bry? Hang on, Bry. Let me hear you. Can I hear you, Bry? Say something. I can't hear you. Something's happened to Bry's client here. It's either Bry's client or my client, but it's going to really frustrate. Bry has been silenced. Those of you that like Brian's contribution on here, that man has been silenced. That man has been silenced. So Watson will join us. I'll tell you, last night's basketball game, I just think at the end of the day, you're much better for having played in those games. And Tennessee's gotten golden opportunity today. And these games really, really, really matter. They truly matter. And to what extent they truly matter? Well, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the next game on the mainland will be North Carolina next week. It's an incredibly tough stretch of balls are in right now. Now, losing last night really doesn't hurt because you get so much credit for playing in that game from the computers, but you don't want to rack up losses. Tennessee's got to at least split with the at North Carolina game or, or with Kansas. If you have designs on being a number one seed, which I think the Vols should have number designs on being a number one seed with this club. Tennessee's schedule is extremely favorable till they play Kentucky in February. And we project we're going to run off like a 14-1, and 13-2 record. To which my crew last night said, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Zakai Ziegler was extremely emotional after last night's game. How much does this guy care about it? I'm giving you some snuggets from somebody around the program. He was extremely emotional, like in tears after last night's game. A regular season basketball game. I mean, do we think this guy cares? Or what? Do we think this guy cares? People say, well, why do you guys talk about this Ken Palm guy? Well, first of all, the lines are set by Ken Palm. Secondly, he had the final score of last night's game. Pretty much right on the money. But other than that, I mean, it's not, you know. Ken Palm projects Tennessee is going to have only two games where they're less than a nine-point favorite in the 15 games following North Carolina. The back half of the non-conference, first half of the SEC schedule are really, really easy for this club, or at least should be. February and March is where it's going to be difficult again. But Tennessee's got a chance to rack up a bunch of wins. And 
that's kind of where we are right now. Two excellent opportunities for this club to amass wins. And we'll see where it goes. Watson Brown's going to join us. Now, there was some confusion or has been some confusion about the red shirt deal. We've been talking about it since Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction after the Georgia game that it's Nico time. It's Nico time in Tennessee. Where's Bobby Denton when you need him? And I was uh, thinking about how it's Nico time in Tennessee. And then Laura came to me and she said, hey, you know, there's a lot of confusion in, on Twitter. People are going back and forth as to whether or not the bowl game's a freebie. I'll tell you how confusing the world of the NCAA is. Tennessee had to call day before yesterday and confirm with the NCAA that, in fact, the bowl game's a freebie. So if you were one of the people that was under the belief that the bowl game was a freebie, you're con- you are forgiven. And if you're one of those people that thought it wasn't a freebie, you're forgiven. Because the schools themselves are having to call the NCAA to say, what's the rule? And as we used to say around here, what is that? Here's the good news. The good news is the bowl game is a freebie. So... Saturday in Neyland Stadium after this locally long and clement kind of dreary week. We have something to look forward to. And that's Nico into the night. Nico into the night. But in the meantime, it'll be Wednesdays with Watson Brown. It is a Thanksgiving Wednesday. So much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. By the way, we did a hour and 45 minutes on it yesterday. You can check it out over at our blog, over at tclub.team. I am going to, it's under yesterday's TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I am going to break it out at some point into like a little special standalone deal because it's pretty good. Matt was in here. Bri was in here. Tons of callers, all different perspectives, and um, interesting, interesting piece of American history. As we continue, Watson Brown joins in our TLD Logistics Hotline. It's going to be outstanding. We continue. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931 938-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa, hold on. It's way too early for that. Hello, this is Rick and Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Christmas is getting closer. Let Tillis Jewelry help make this holiday season a little less stressful. Did you know we offer layaway? Come in, select the perfect gifts for your loved ones, put 20% down, and then pay it off before Christmas. And you know we carry a great selection of -of one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage jewelry, diamonds, and more. Stop by and let us help you find that perfect gift. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. 
I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shanked portion ham, $1.49 a pound, sweet potatoes, 39 cents a pound, Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, $5.99 each, Smithfield spiral sliced ham, $2.49 a pound, Food Club turkey, $1.29 a pound, Coca-Cola 12 packs, two for 11, and Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right, people need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty, same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Hello, Columbia. It's Mayor Chaz Mulder here, wishing you a happy Thanksgiving on behalf of all of us at the City of Columbia. As we gather with family and friends, let's take a moment to reflect on the blessings that surround us. From our historic downtown, to the scenic landscapes, to the vibrant arts, we have much to be thankful for in our great community. May your day be filled with warmth, love, and the joy this holiday season. Cheers to a thankful community and a bright future together. Happy Thanksgiving, Columbia. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. T to the B, back with you. 865-200-5402 as we welcome you back. You bow your head when you say his name, ladies and gentlemen. It's a dance craze shaking the nation. It's Wednesdays with Watson, and it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Watson Brown. It is an absolute blessing to spend Thanksgiving season with you. Man, I'm thankful for you, brother. I'm thankful for you in our life and that you bless us on, on these Wednesdays. Oh, man. It, it, that, that's, it's always neat to listen to you say those things, Tony. But it's, it's just fun to be on with you. You've become a good friend. We're going to get together one of these days. You you won't like me if really we hang get to out. Know each other better. But yeah, you, we, you this wouldn't, past year, you've become a really good friend. You wouldn't like me if we hung out. Yeah, I would. Let's keep uh, yeah, let's would. keep our distance, you know. <laughs> let's keep a little. Let's keep a little mystique. Well, send, you, send your son to play golf with me anyway. Right? There you go. Now, now you're talking. Uh, we'll we'll take care of that piece of it anyway. Now you're talking. Yeah, we can badmouth you for four hours. On the oh, podcast. there's there's no. I had the sense to give that sport up a long time ago. I, I tell people I retired from non-competitive golf tons and tons of years ago, but. Uh, Watson, speaking of non-competitive, it, it's got to be really disheartening to have a year like the one Tennessee had last year. Yeah. And internally, you know, you kind of feel like we've sort of figured some stuff out here, turned a corner, etc. cetera. Do, do you think, because somebody asked me this yesterday, do you think Tennessee's coaching staff internally knew they were short-stacked this year offensively and they were going to go through this? I don't think so. I, I I think they thought they would get better and better as it went on. The Clemson game, Tony, to me, was the killer. They played so well. Nobody's beat Clemson like that, even this year. And Clemson's lost, uh, what, four times? But not like Tennessee beat them that night. I mean, so I think that game was just a, a killer in getting everybody excited. 
we as coaches and fans don't understand what just a couple of three guys can do to a football team. And when your quarterback is what you had a year ago and that receiver, <laughs> what receiver play you had a year ago is you, you, you say, well, now we can build, but they're, they're gone. Those guys are gone. And, and I don't know if anybody in the country had two better players than Tennessee had when they were rolling mid late season and and uh and then when Joe goes and plays really well in Clemson and they beat Clemson good, I just think that's what got everybody excited. But this team isn't as physically as good as last year's team. I don't think they've been coached any different. Uh, I don't see that. Um uh, Tony, I've been running quarterback oriented offenses since nineteen seventy seven and there's a lot of pluses and minuses with that, and we know the pluses. When you got a good one, it's you're really good. But the minuses are when he doesn't play well, you don't play well. It's so much on that one guy in running those style of offenses, and that's what Tennessee runs. And if he gets hurt, if he gets hurt, you're a complete different. And so – Look at Florida State, what it did to them last week. But that's the negatives to quarterback-oriented offenses. And I've run them for my whole career. And, and uh, I've, I've had ups and downs with those two pieces. A lot of ups in, in offenses. But the downs were injury or just not play well. So you kind of feel like these staffs behind close, and you've been a part of all tons of them down through the years oh, at all different places. Yeah. Do you sort of feel like behind closed doors, coaches sometimes talk themselves into things? A little bit of magical thinking? Because oh, abs- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're fine. I mean, I, but I, immediately when you said that, absolutely we do. Uh, we get excited and, and think we're better than we are. And that's not just running out and saying that to the press. That's, that's in, the, in, the, in the room. You want to be good so bad. And you were really good. And when it usually would happen, I can remember when it would happen, was I remember having Eric Jones at Vanderbilt, a great quarterback, uh, a really good player for two years. I had Whit Taylor and Eric Jones. My gracious, I had some good ones. And and when Eric left, we, we thought we were going to be really good. And uh, we weren't. It wasn't the quarterback's fault, but we just weren't as good when Eric left. I think you get you get to thinking a little bit, uh, and I'm not saying Josh does this. I can think of this of myself. You get to thinking you got all the answers. You know, you, you, man, nobody can stop us. Uh, boy, when you start thinking that, you're fixing to get your clock cleaned. And um, I, I can remember some of that happening. But you do. You get to, You just you overdo your thoughts because you want to be good so bad, and you've tasted it, and you've been good. And then, then, then the realization hits you as the season goes on, I think. Watson, what's a year like this like for a guy who's, I don't know if he's a self-fashioned offensive guru, but he's certainly a guy who everybody's told him, hey, your concepts are special. Uh, I, he goes to Missouri. He turns uh, Locke into a first-round, high-level NFL player. He goes to Central Florida. His offense, they don't lose any games his first year down there. He sets the world on fire. They're at the top of college football every year. He comes to Tennessee. He 
after a slow start in his first year, they just ripped the league apart in terms of the way they were scoring on people, even in losses. Last year's offense was incredible. How difficult do you think this has been for him mentally to wake up and see his offense, you know, middling in college football? I don't know that you would ever admit it, but now I, I, I can after being, being there. And when it would fall off, it would be for me because that's, you know, you, in our business, Tony, the it, image is such a big piece of it. And, and as coaches, I look back on it. When you're hot, you got to go and you got to, you got to make the right decisions and go to the right places and, and uh, whether you created it or not, you get hot. And you get hot for a reason. He got hot because of his offensive uh, image. That, w- that was me. I got hot because of an offensive image. And, and uh, so when it, when it doesn't work, it kills you. You know, and it, and it hasn't not worked this year. They've been good, but they weren't what they were last year. And, and fans feel and they have a right fans always feel if you were this this year you're going to be this much better than that's right and that's just the way of the world that's the what that's the society we live in and i finally in my latter years understood that and respected it they have a right to feel that that's just the world we live in i've always said tony Football athletics is a is a mirrored image of our society, and I truly believe that in an awful lot of ways. And so, when you have that on you, you were really good the year before; they expect you to be really good again. And it just doesn't work that way because when you've got a certain style that's good and it's hard to stop, and it's a little different than what a lot of other people do, and that's really sometimes what makes it different is other people aren't doing it yet. And so all of a sudden you get something's really good and it's somebody might say ahead of the times. I don't know if it's that. It's it's just different. It's different and defenses hadn't figured it out just yet. And then all of a sudden when everybody starts doing it more, it gets a little easy to figure it out. And you gotta keep up with the Joneses. You gotta keep going. You can't think you've got all the answers. You've got to keep looking for ways to get better and move the ball better. And I just think that's what happened to him this year. And it's I promise you it's killing Josh because he hasn't gone through this. But they're not bad. There's a lot of offenses, a lot worse than Tennessee. But they're not what they were a year ago, and they haven't improved on that. And that's that's the part that the fan has every right to look at and analyze and say, what's going on here? I'm going to bring uh, Dr. Sean Sinclair in here momentarily, who's going to join us through the magic of fiber optics. He's gotten locked out of uh, our usual client that we use today. We're having the gremlins, but that's okay. <laughs> we, we, you know, you know, you got to call your audibles here. Uh, yeah, I've had a few gremlins in my past. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Tennessee's to the point right now where they're all beat up, both sides of the line of scrimmage, as you get at this time of the year. But these teams that kind of live in the middle that don't have the depth, when they get beat up, you really see it. And they're kind of on fumes right now. They They had about zero chance in the Georgia game last yeah. week. Uh, and... Man, Kirby Smart and those guys have just—they've just done an incredible job. I mean, you got to tip your cap to them. They're just so metronome consistent, consistent. Um, but 
what about before I bring Sean in here? You know, we were digging into Vanderbilt a little bit, and and, and this kind of tells you where Vandy is. So the other day, Josh Heupel had a press conference, and always somebody in the press corps in a cursory way, even when you're playing like a Connecticut, is going to say, "Hey, coach, what about the team? What do you see from Connecticut?" <laughs> Watson, they got all the way to the end. And it's almost like somebody over at Tennessee nudged a member of the press. One more question. Hey, Coach, what do you think about Vanderbilt? What do you say? I mean, it was at the very end. It was almost like we weren't even playing a game. Now, you've been around the Vanderbilt deals, player coach, uh, observer, fan, etc., concerned watcher. W- where does this Vanderbilt team rank in terms of some some of the clubs they put on the field? Is this um, – it, it, are, are, are these guys about as bad as it's gotten there? Because they they've covered one spread this year. They've gotten pretty much trucked by everybody. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping, Tony, uh, being an old Vanderbilt guy and playing there and coaching there, that that they're it's not as bad as it looks, and and that it is. They are very young, very young. And man, you jump in the SEC with the young team, and uh, it it is really tough. It's really tough. They lost their leaders last year. Davis that went to Kentucky, Wright that went to Mississippi State. Those two dudes were absolutely the leaders of that team, and they're gone. And so I just think it's they're not ready. They hadn't been competitive. Let's just say it like it is. The problem is that they are young, and there's going to be major improvement as these kids grow. He's had three solid classes, supposedly, and – that's what I hope, but this year they haven't been, and then um, I can't deny that. And so everybody has gotten them good, and and uh, Tennessee should get them good. I remember Coach Majors telling me once, many, many, many years ago, we we were good friends, and yet major rivals. And I was at Vanderbilt as head coach then, and and after after we were both out and we were sitting together somewhere and. Uh, I said, how did you get your guys? Because you always seem to play hard against us. I mean, he said, I told those guys, there's one thing you absolutely just don't do. You just don't lose to Vanderbilt, period. You want to ruin your year and your life, lose to Vanderbilt. So, I mean, it's just uh, Vanderbilt hadn't beaten them a lot. Did beat them there for a little bit for a few years. But I think the rivalry is still there, and the coaches don't let it die. And uh that's what I would think Josh is doing, and and uh, we'll see. But it's been tough. Vanderbilt has just not been competitive this year, and that's not been the case all the way through. Do they have a chance? Saturday you always Watson. have a chance. You always have a chance. Anything can happen. You go out and you turn it over two or three times early. Uh, you get a lead. You, I mean. What's the path? Do they have a path, Watson? When you when you look the, at that the, game, the path, the path is Tennessee has to help them. That's the path, period. Tennessee has to help them in this game. I don't think they will. I think they'll play solid and good, but I, that's the only path. Vanderbilt has to play up to the high standards they got, and that won't be enough unless Tennessee doesn't help them a bunch. And uh, the one thing I always knew about because I was an underdog, probably, Tony, in my career, I was probably underdog 85 90% of the games. No, wild. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, I 85 90% of the games I coached in, I was an underdog. And I always talked about my teams. You get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win. That's the get there. 
because the heat's on that other bunch. Yep. Once they get that feeling around their neck and they can choke it out because they just can't lose this game. And now we're the one on the positive and we're the one that can pull the major upset. And, uh, most of the times when we did upset people, that's pretty much the way it might go down, to be very honest. The great Watson Brown. It's Wednesdays with Watson. Eva Thanksgiving. Thankful for him. Thankful for Sean Sinclair. Jump in here, Sean, with uh, Coach Watson Brown. Hey, Coach. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you, Sean. Same to you and all you guys. Appreciate that. Coach, we um, certainly Tennessee uh, – has, does not have a big signature win this year and at times has looked disinterested and apt at, or what have you. And I'm not here to, to add on to that. But it, I, I think that some people are, 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 are maybe losing perspective in the fact that last year was a team, whether it was better whatever, it, but it was a team for that year. And, and we're really trying to build a program here. Uh, this, this place was, this place was basically with no tires, uh, transmission leak, and, and the engine wouldn't turn over. And I'm not here to tell anybody to feel good about what you see, but when you're climbing up the mountain, you're going to have a stumble or two. And, and quite frankly, assuming the win this weekend, an 8-4 and four season is probably pretty good. Uh, and, then you, and then you have a bridge to... Uh, Nico and some of these young guys that they brought in because they, frankly, I've uh, been following Tennessee recruiting for 30 years, and this is the best collection of young defensive talent I've ever seen at one time as far as a re- couple of recruiting classes. Can you speak about, and I know you were, you were, as you just said, you were climbing uphill a lot in your head coaching career. Can you talk about the difference between a team and trying to build a program? Well, there is a big difference, and that's one of the things the fan doesn't doesn't see. Not their fault, but they're not on the inside all the time and don't know. Last year, you're dead right. Last year was a good team. It was a, a put-together that a quarterback all of a sudden became lights out. He was not even the starter. And and Joe gets hurt, and then Hendon goes in, and then they, then the, the, and then all of a sudden the next year after he's done it for a while, he just goes nuts. I don't think anybody came close to him last year uh, in his his play and the the standard of his play, and then the receivers that he had. Uh, they were just so good on offense that they could mask a lot of issues. They could mask the issues of not a great offensive line yet, not a great defense yet. But I mean, they're just they're going up down the field, scoring points on everybody, and um, the excitement that comes from that. And you're sitting there as a fan to me, Sean, and you're saying, "Man, this program is there." Well, it's not the program; it's that team. That team was gone, and the major pieces of that team were gone. Then all of a sudden it's program again because you didn't you're not able to replace those guys because they were near impossible to replace, and so you see more program this year. They're not there yet. You can see they're not, and but they're a heck of a lot closer than they've ever been. So I look at it a little different. I'm not trying to just defend Josh here. I look at it as a coach and see where I see it. See where it was when he came in a few years back. See where it is now. Uh, I still see uh, an overall talent in top dogs, not the not the middle of the class ones. And I'm not saying the middle of the class don't beat you here and there, uh, 
Um, I, I'm not. Um, but I think the top dogs. Let's talk just those guys: the Georgia, Alabama. They're still a they're still a slight notch above, and so it's going to take another really good class, I think, to catch them. And they've got to hit on the next quarterback, Sean. I don't care what else you talk about. This young man's got to be the guy. And if he's not, Josh has got to go get one to bring in to compete against him because you don't win championships without bona fide quarterbacks anymore. The offenses I've run all my career were quarterback-oriented. I said that early in the show from about 1977 on when I had a young man named Bobby Ray Green at uh, Jacksonville State that ended up being a great player and had many of them past him. Uh, now all offenses are quarterback-oriented. It wasn't that way back then. And now they all are. And so Tennessee's not going to take the next step. I think they're bringing in talent everywhere. But this young man has to be the guy. And if he's not, Josh needs to know it and bring one in to compete against him uh, because Tennessee can't take the final step and, and get up there to, to be totally ready to win SEC championships without that young man, whoever it might be. Sean, I hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is this guy. Sean asked such an interesting question because I've had arguments, and I was talking about one of them a couple days ago with a friend of mine who we were going round and round, and he said, why can't you see that this guy, the further he got into his Central Florida time, the worse the record got, and blah, 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 and he wins with other people's players, and this thing is slipping, and and, and that is fan perception, Watson. It's either it's like that old saying about love. It's either increasing or it's decreasing, which I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds good. But certainly, when it comes to college football, fans don't understand that every once in a while, you're going to have a dip year. You, and it's not a reflection on you, your program. It just specifically means to me that you don't have enough playmakers on a certain team. And that's where Tennessee is right now. It's so obvious that's where they are. Well, and again, I take up for the fan because they have a right to feel that way because it's what they see. And uh, But you got to know on the inside, where are we? What are we missing here? And the, the other thing that's changed, Tony, in the way that I was taught to do it in today's world is you can get a quick fix a lot quicker today than you used to could. You can completely change your team yep. with with the transfer portal and, and NIL money. You can change it immediately. You couldn't do that in the old days or in, in even recent years. You had to build a team from bottom up, bring them in year after year, and around year four, you're re- you're ready to fight. Year four, year five, you're ready to go. Those days are gone, and so now the quick fix comes into the mind of these fans. Two things happen to fans: this quick fix that they're seeing other teams fix it quick, and they say, "Well, why are why are we not there just yet?" And the second thing is what you're paying coaches. Immediately, a fan thinks, "Well, if we pay a coach this, he's better be bona fide." He better he better walk That's out the right. next year after making ten million, and that he better put a real good team out there. And they, so they kind of expect that. And I just think you're dead on. It, your program is being built. I think the program, the talent level, is major improved. But that doesn't get you to the top. Those certain players get you to the top. 
And right now, the fan who don't see it at Tennessee, they didn't. They haven't seen that breakout dude or two out there catching passes, and they don't see that quarterback. And so that's why I think they talk a little bit like they're talking. But Josh has got to, and every team, every team in the country here after this week's over, basically, you better get ready to put your next one out there because it's it's right around the corner, and you're going to have to put those bona fide players. You don't take the next step, guys, without those bona fide dudes. I don't care what offense you're running, what defense you're running. If you don't have certain dudes at certain places on your team, you don't win championships. Well, you're just not going. And in this league, to your point, you're not going to compete. I mean, you're going to get you're no, going to get you, you're going to get dusted by some people. You're right, Tony. You're dead on. That's a great statement because it's so true. You can go from being top dog down the middle of the pack and getting dusted by people you don't need to be getting dusted by because you just don't have those certain guys. Wait, and honestly, that's what I think happened to Tennessee this year. Hey, coach. If I could, uh, I think I think we have examples to right now that are show both those. Uh, I don't think it's a, a a stretch to say that Missouri is having a team like we had last year. Uh, things are going their way. Balls bouncing their way. They're they're electric looking uh, on offense, et cetera, and it's it's covering up some defense. So they're okay. That's one way of of seeing last year's Tennessee team. And this year's Tennessee team, you take a look at USC, who was trying to get into the playoffs last year, and Clemson. Uh, Their USC won't play any defense, and Clemson has had mediocre quarterback and a, a complete lack of playmakers. So those, those, with all due respect, those very, you know, more successful than us recently, they're sitting there right where we are right now in the same thing. And I'm again, I'm not asking anybody to accept this or don't see what they're not seeing exactly but but it is it is a fact that um if we take a step back uh it without last year eight and four this year and go into a nice bowl might have been something you said it before the start of the season and i i raised my eyebrow at it but you were so right you said it wasn't anything that joe would do but hendon hooker was just i think your words were he was so much better than any other quarterback uh, almost not named Bryce Young, did it? It has to take a step back. Oh, I, I, Sean, I just think you're, you've nailed it. And what happens is you take Missouri. Missouri has built a program with solid players that are now older and playing. But their quarterback and the receiver and a running back were bona fide. So that took them up a step. If they didn't have that, as well as they've built their program, because they've got better players and they've got older players and playing and, and gotten better year and year. They, they wouldn't have showed without the bona fide dudes with them. And that's, that's, that's the piece of the game that the, it's hard for the fan to see, but that's absolutely what it is. And you use great examples uh, in, in what you said. We went to the first bowl at Vanderbilt in forever in 1982. What was that team? That team had the program had been built with, and they're all older. They're older kids that learned slowly how to win and just kept fighting it. But they were all juniors and seniors. But we had a, a bona fide quarterback, a, two bona fide receivers. It wouldn't have showed without those three guys. And that's and and now football. That was eighty two for God's sakes. And now today's football. If you don't have those guys. 
you just don't you can't take the big step you can take a step but you can't take the big step without bona fide guys at certain positions what do you do this weekend we were we were talking regarding this um situation with nico and, and the way to treat joe you know does Joe get a couple series this week and you turn him over to him, turn turn the thing over to Nico the rest of the way? It's senior day. How do you do that, Watson? And you're you wanna obviously you want to give this kid an opportunity to play. They they said they were gonna preserve after the fact his red shirt year, which they which can play. Done. Yeah, which they they've done, done it. So now do you play him here? And the and the bowl game's a freebie, by the way. You can play him in the bowl game as yes. well. So how do you handle this, Watson? <laughs> I, if I'm sitting there, I want to. I want to be eight and four. That's what I want to be. I don't want to lose to my in-state rival down the road. I, I absolutely do what I think is best to win this game. Period. I worry about next year as we go. That's me. That's what I do. What you'd love to see happen if you're the Tennessee coaches is you can put Vanderbilt away quick enough, and then he gets to play, and they let him play longer. Uh, you know, who they have down when they played him the last time? I don't remember who it was. Connecticut. And, but they didn't leave him in there, Brad. I'm not sure I wouldn't leave him, let him go for a little bit and not worry about the score. Just let him, let him play. If you got to take the starters out around him, but let him play. And then I do the same thing the bowl game because you owe it to this year's team that's in that locker room. And the fans of this year's team, whether they want it or not, to give them the best team record you can give them. That's the way I look at it as a coach. So I'd rather be nine and four than I had eight and five or whatever it might be. I, I just, I would rather be that. That's the way I look at it. And so I'm going to make sure I win the games, whoever they end up playing. And I see them. It's possible that they might end up playing my brother. That would get real interesting in a moment. <laughs> Will you, are you going to give us a good scout on the air when that happens? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You going to cheer for my Vols, Watson? No. <laughs> I'm not going to pull against my brother. I'm not going to do that. Oh, that's one I can't, I, I can't be. I'd have to lean a little way on that one. Well, we, you know, I, I blood is thicker than water, as they say in the trade. Brian Hartman wants to jump in here. Brian Hartman. You're uh, interfacing with greatness right now, not schleps like myself and Sean Sinclair. So go ahead, Bri, as we're on the TLD Happy Logistics year. Hotline. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Coach, and thanks for coming on weekly with us. Glad to, I wanted thanks. to ask you about the Alabama-Georgia matchup, and it just appears like Georgia's been so – they've won 28 in a row, but that's that's due to come to an end soon enough, and I just got a feeling that Alabama's the last team to beat them why do I feel like they got a great chance to beat them again this year, this time? Because they're going to be the underdog, and it's going to, the pressure is going to be a lot more on Georgia than Alabama. And uh, Georgia's number one. They can't lose. I, if they lose to Alabama, they'd be 50-50 to get in. Alabama would get in. Uh, but Georgia might fall completely out. You never know. So the, I think the heat's on Georgia. Let me say this, Brian. There is no doubt in my mind these two guys deserve co-coach of the year because I think as good of players as they got, they coached their teams this year maybe as good as I've ever seen them both coach them. Neither one of them had quarterbacks starting the year. Neither one of them had – both of them had lost their coordinators. They lost their offensive coordinators and their quarterbacks. 
And look what they've done by building around their quarterbacks and making sure they're doing what those guys can do best and putting the team around them and let them get better every week. And now they're two of the best teams in the country. When they started the year as both major question guys because of those two losses, so at losing coordinators and their quarterbacks, who both quarterbacks were great players and won a lot of games. So I, I give these two coaches top-of-the-line credit this year. We always say, well, anybody could coach Alabama. Anybody could coach Georgia. Uh, nah, you still got to be a good football coach and, and, and put your team together. Nick Saban is taking a 9-3 and team, and he's going to go 11-1 and with them. So. They dig him right. If he, if, he, if he wins the championship – and I'm not ready to pick them just yet because Georgia late here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, every time I say, I don't know, I don't know, huh? I mean, that quarterback is absolutely Balling. playing lots out he is, for Georgia. He is in total command. You know, Matt Dixon I'm was at the game, you. and Sean, they were over there on Saturday, and their account through their eyes was that this cat was in complete control of their Ow. offense, Watson Live. Everything, oh, checks, all the stuff. Everything. Confidence, you see it, it's it's going right through their whole team. And that's why I, that position is so dang important to winning championships. I mean, more important than the head coach, in my personal opinion. And and he has become a great player, and I, I just give the coaching staff credit for getting him there. Because go back and put a tape on that young man early in the season. And watch how he's playing now. Two things have to happen, and this is what Josh did with Hendon Hooker. You gotta make sure you do the things this kid can do well and don't deviate from that. And then give him the reps to let him keep getting better and better and better and, and uh, build his confidence early with easier throws. And then as the year goes on, give him more of the tougher throws. Well, that's exactly what's happened at Georgia and in Alabama, but even stronger at Georgia. Beck right now to me is just playing as good as any QB in the country. And a little bit under the li- under the under the, under the line radar. here, but yep. he might be playing the best of any quarterback in the country at the end of the year. Watson, you happen to be the man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side item if you have one? Dressing. Boom. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Pick, you know, I'd, I'd pick a fattening one. I love dressing and oh, gravy, babe. Oh, baby. <laughs> Anything special in the gravy? I don't know. My wife makes a great one. I don't know what she puts in it, but I can't wait to to eat it. I know you, that. You know your role and you open your mouth. That's all you know. Uh, that's all I know. Put it down and eat a bunch of it. Love you, brother. Thank you. Love you all, too. And it's an honor to be on with you guys. The great Watson Brown. Sean Sinclair, I've got a treat for you, brah. So yesterday, Chris Lee turned us on when we were talking to him to a guy who's over a firm called Quick Recruiting, a gentleman by the name of Tyler Siski, who is a longtime assistant coach, he is in the space now. He's built an all-in-one recruiting database. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the transfer portal. They've got evaluation pipeline technology. We're going to do this on the other side, Sean. We're going to talk transfer portal with a guy that's right at the vanguard of this thing. Are you excited, Sean, and how active do you expect the Vols will be in the portal? I am pumped, and I think, I well, I'm just going by your words that they have allocated or planned 
a, a great majority of NIL money towards transfers. So um, I would I would consider the Jordan Seaton kid an offensive tackle. I think he's going to be a – I think they will lay out the money for him too if, if they have that opportunity. But um, I'm excited. I, I think this is a – I think this is fun times. You know what? I I think everybody after the Missouri game, okay, but after the Georgia beatdown, I think everybody's just glad those are over. And now we can go on start looking for next year. And uh, so, no, I'm real excited about that. I'm, I'm glad that – and, and uh, I don't know. It's like when you get a new transfer, hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I want to talk to him about something you mentioned a couple weeks ago. So we'll come back. We're going to visit with Tyler Siski. Then we'll get some calls in after him. But the truth is that right now, and this is where we are, we have a tendency to think, oh, we're the only one. There's a big offensive tackle from, we were talking about yesterday, a couple SEC guys already in the portal, kid from Arkansas, a couple other people. What you have to understand is that it's not just the University of Tennessee, and we're going to talk with Tyler about this. How fierce is the competition? What kind of money are these people going to spend? How much allocation is going to happen from high school to the... Because there's not an endless supply of money. And at all these schools, it's the same three or four guys that when it was underground that funded recruiting, and it's the same three or four guys now that it's overground that are funding recruiting. So, what's the competition going to be like? Who's out there looking for what? Who will Tennessee's main competition be for these frontline tackle types they're going after? Um, and anything else that Tyler Siski can add in terms of a, a literally a space in the recruiting realm that he's in the middle of on the vanguard of. And you're in for a real treat. So I've built this cat up as best I can. Our do, our do happens right after this. It's your Tony Basilio show on your Thanksgiving Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving to you. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neuschen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mocs. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. On your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Hello, Columbia. It's Mayor Chaz Mulder here, wishing you a happy Thanksgiving on behalf of all of us at the City of Columbia. As we gather with family and friends, let's take a moment to reflect on the blessings that surround us. From our historic downtown, to the scenic landscapes, to the vibrant arts, we have much to be thankful for in our great community. May your day be filled with warmth, love, and the joy this holiday season. Cheers to a thankful community and a bright future together. Happy Thanksgiving, Columbia. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Boy, do I have a treat for you on our Wednesday edition, and it's a Thanksgiving edition of the program. And now joining us 
live on your TLD Logistics Hotline. Tyler Siski making his debut with us today. And Tyler is the CEO of Quick Recruiting, who are in the middle of this whole madness, this space that's going on. And Tyler knows from whence he speaks because he's seen internally uh, the inside of a couple of Southeastern Conference programs, including Alabama, including Ole Miss. He's co-host with my our good buddy, Neil McCready, on uh, their podcast, the McCready-Siski podcast. And looking at what they do at quickrecruiting.com, extremely interesting. And Tyler, we're, uh, as I welcome you in, man, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, brother. How's everybody doing? Brother, it's a, a great day to be alive and well, and uh, you know we're we're too blessed to be stressed here, even though we all are at this time of the year. But uh, moving along, in about ten or so days, it's getting ready, and for an entire month to be complete madness. Tyler, yeah. you are with what you do at, at at Quick Recruiting and Quick You and and your stuff that you do. Um, you're kind of in the middle of this and in the forefront of this space. How much movement is going on scenes, uh, leading up to the first day the portal opens? It, it's it's going on. It's been going on all year. Um, it really never stops. It's funny as they used to call it tampering. Uh, now that just everybody does it, they've actually changed it. Now it's just called pre-portaling. That's the new word that I learned this past week. So it's no longer called tampering because everybody tampers. So tampering has a negative connotation and. So we're going to call it pre-portaling now. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, you know, that's why if you ever wonder why a kid goes in the portal and he's out in 15 minutes, that's not a coincidence. How much of that do you think goes on in terms of kids that go into the portal? How many of those kids have an idea of where they're going based on your as far as you can ascertain? Uh, it's difficult to say how many. Uh, they all should. Um, and it's really, you know, we, we say that it's kind of funny that tampering is or pre-portaling, whatever you want to call it now, you know, by the by the rule of the law is against the rules. But we say we're, we're for the student athlete. Well, for the student athlete itself, that's the only way to do it. Uh, you should never go into the portal unless you know where you're going. And so it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a practice that needs to be practiced from the player's end um, because if you go in the portal without somewhere to go, uh, you can be found left in the portal without a college education. So from walk us through this now. Uh, if I'm pre-portaling, say I'm at the University of Tennessee, I know I need offensive line help next year, okay? Am I yep. going to reach directly out to that young man? Who, who am I going to reach out to? How does the process work? Well, and this is kind of what, what we do is kind of just peel it back and say how it is. It's really – they won't reach out to the player because that's when they'll they'll get they'll get caught they'll get in trouble for whoever whatever school in America doesn't it's not Tennessee it's every school right um, you, you may stop by you may see the head coach to talk about you know Johnny Junior in high school or Johnny Senior in high school and then you go hey how's uh how's old Bob doing that I recruited a couple of years ago that's at school X you know and then well he's not happy well hey look he's not happy you let him know that we got a place for him you know and then that's usually how I get started just through the high school coach. Uh, or somebody that you can make a legal phone call to. It's really interesting. And and even if you, I mean, these guys are just all doing it. Is basically what you're saying. I mean, because if you all don't, you're going to get schools. you're going to get run over if you don't, right? Yeah, all 130 schools. Everybody does it. And to say that they don't do it, you know, it's kind of like the whole 
Michigan thing with with Harbaugh. It's like, oh, you know, everybody wants to make this about stealing signals. It's real. Every school in America steals signals. It's about what they did. But just like every school steals signals on Saturday, every school every school tampers. Tyler Siski joining his uh, and and I'll let him share with you in terms of what his company does. Um, but it is it is extremely interesting to see this whole side of college football the sport's a completely different sport than it was 18 months ago and it's it's almost out of control uh in a way and it's going to be sensory overload for the recruit nick because this next portal window coming up that we're about to see the 30-day window that's going to occur after the championship games are played tyler how much more active do you expect it to be than last year well, I think it depends. I mean, it's always going to be active. It was is really been active the last two windows, uh, but this particular window, the one going from uh, between seasons, is by far the most active. Um, you you have you know high school players that have gone you know out of high school. They're freshmen. Everybody expects to play. Uh, there's no longer anybody sitting and waiting their turn anymore. They don't believe in development, so everybody wants to hit the easy button. They don't want to fight adversity. I think it's one of the most valuable lessons of playing college football. Um, but now everybody has money to give and money to buy. So, you know, teams that are very active in NIL and have the collective money there are going to go out and try to buy the best player they can buy. Tyler Siski joining. One of the things we were talking about last couple of weeks that's come on my radar is that more and more schools, because the, the hit rate out of high schools, it's difficult, especially with offensive linemen. Tennessee has an entire class that they signed where internally they don't feel like they've got a guy that's a long-term, every-down um, candidate uh, from an offensive line perspective. And I think the number was 0 for 5, uh, which you know kind of isn't all that unusual because it's hard to figure who projects, who's going to work, who's going to get bigger. Who's going to wear the weight well? All that stuff. Who's going to stay healthy? All those things that go into it. So my understanding, Tyler, is that we're in a spot now where we're seeing these schools allocate more and more funds into the portal. Do do you find that to be accurate? I think it's school-by-school basis, right? I I think it's uh, absolutely on some some, uh, schools, right, because they're heavy portal or whatever it is. You know, some schools, uh, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, um, they're big high school recruiting teams, right? So they're going to spend more money in high school, you know, towards high school kids. But, you know, to talk to your first point there, <clears throat> there are two positions in college football that it takes the longest to develop. Um, those two are offensive line and quarterback. And, I mean, the game hasn't changed to the point to where, you know, it's hard to put a true freshman offensive lineman in the game and expect them to, to play well. And, and especially in the SEC level, right, because of who you're going against on the other side. It takes two to three years uh, before they start really getting their speed and getting up to, getting up to you know, up to par. Now, of course, you do have the elite of the elite players uh, that can come in and play, but that's such a small percentage. And so offensive line takes time to develop players. Well, the problem is, is the kids think they should be playing right away, and so – They'll be maybe a two uh, backup their second year, and they don't, they want to start, and they don't want to compete and don't want to develop. They'll just transfer to where they can start, and so I think that's a big problem, especially in the SEC and the, and the 
the the larger leagues, these guys are leaving uh, as backups when they would probably end up starting anyway at the place that they were if they would have stayed. You know, we were talking about Alabama this year and looking at their tackle issue when Tennessee played them, and it was hard to believe that Alabama at that point was down toward the bottom in the country in terms of sacks given up. I mean, it was, they were like 129 out of 130 teams, whatever. It's just a crazy number. Until you look and you realize that they had three guys that left their program that would have waited their turn back in the day, but three guys that left their program, which left them with a walk-on out there, which is essentially what we're talking about here, right? Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the thing, that from, especially from the SEC's perspective. You know, I, I think you're seeing the you're seeing it right now, and this year's uh, and this year's SEC is just not. If you look at, you used to have a little bit more top heavy teams or more competitive SEC teams. I mean, it's it's Georgia, Alabama, and there's a definite line before you get to the third the third team. And there's just why is that? And if you look and and you know. Uh, I told Chris, you know, you were talking about Chris earlier. Uh, when I did his show, I always, you know, one of our clients, uh, Quick U, is LSU, right? So uh, talking to those guys, they had a backup uh, guard that, that left and went to Maryland, who is now the starting guard at Maryland. Well, they took the starting guard at Maryland. They basically did a swap. He goes to LSU, and he's the backup. And so why is that a big deal? You're like, oh, that's just a swap for a swap. You lost it two, no big deal. Well, the quality of player that you're taking as a backup and you're developing in the SEC or you know any big school, those kids have a higher upside. And when you go and you're bringing in, um, you know, a group of five guys to be your backups or whatever, sure they can play, but they and they know what to do, but they don't have as high of an upside. And so you're losing high upside quality depth. And when you're talking about the Alabama situation. Well, instead of, okay, this guy goes down, let me put in my second-year five-star guy. He may struggle at the beginning, but the more reps he gets, the better he's going to get. He's going to end up being a guy, and that's player development, right? Um, and it's just that's where I think the SEC is missing is you got guys that would be um, your backups are leaving and going and turning into great starters somewhere else, but the guys that you have to come in to replace him, uh, they just don't have the upside uh, to play in the in the big games. Tyler Siski joining his uh, site, quickrecruiting.com. Uh, it's a Q-W-I-K. I'm going to bring uh, another member of our uh, crew in here, Dr. Sean Sinclair. Uh, Sean, you're on with Tyler Siski. Go ahead, man. Hey, Tyler. It's, uh, it's a nice introduction to you and your site. I look forward to uh, checking it out. Uh, earlier you were talking about the student-athlete, and I've always been for the student-athlete, but I'm also for a level playing field, and we can't talk about all these options for the student-athlete without considering the fact that if the coach in the program has a fiduciary duty to put the best to the fan in their school to put the best program out possible. So the, other, the dirty other side of this is that kids are going to be finessed into the portal uh, whether they want to or not. And – and I know how that sounds, but in this day and time, I don't really have a problem with that uh, because um, coaches, 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 families, uh, you talk 100,000 people in Neyland Stadium with donations, it's a dog-eat-dog world on both sides. Your thoughts on the uh, unfortunate circumstances where kids that aren't panning out 
they don't really have a choice. They are being told or or uh, it's considered to go to the portal uh, and just leave. Yeah, you know, it's <clears throat> that's what I guess the you don't really when you're when you're quote unquote processing kids, you know, the conversation is not really as as dark as I guess we make it out to be as far as hey, you're not good, we're putting you in the portal. The kid has to choose, and, and you know the kids want to compete. I mean, if you there's not many athletes at this level. Once you get to this level of of you know college football, especially, they want to compete. And so you say, hey, look, uh, you're going to be a three here. You're not going to play. Uh, do you want to transfer? Ninety nine point nine percent of the kids will say yes, and they'll go get in the portal. Uh, and if you're upfront, honest with communication, the the process will process themselves. But the point that you bring up, which I agree with, is we've turned this – this is professional sports, and we can say it's not, but you're paying the kids, and you're under a, a massive amounts of pressure, right? And there's we, – we basically took the transfer – it's not really the transfer portal. The transfer portal is not the problem. The problem is immediate eligibility. That's the problem. The problem is not the transfer portal. The other problem is is NIL. I agree. They should get paid. I'm all for it. I've never had a problem with that. I think they should get paid. With that being said, there is no salary cap. And so we have a sport like this that exists that's the greatest sport, the greatest organization ever in sports. It's called the National Football League. They've got this thing figured out. Okay? But imagine the National Football League, the NFL, having free agency every single year with no salary cap. What would happen? The team, the Dallas Cowboys, would win the Super Bowl every year. Whatever owner wants to spend the most money would go accumulate the best team he could possibly buy. And that's what we're doing in college football. And any, and it really bothers me that anybody with just a small bit of common sense thinks that's going to work out. It's not. We're going, we're, we're going, this thing is going to blow up and we're just keep kicking the can down the road hoping it's going to fix itself. But, I mean, imagine this. Imagine a world where Jerry Jones says, hey, you know what? Hey, Patrick Mahomes, hey, man, we don't have state taxes here. Come be my quarterback. Hey, Jamar Chase, we don't have state taxes here. Come be my receiver. I mean, he can just go down the line and pay an all-star team because if he has the most money to do it, he can do it. Tyler Siski joining. Tyler, you know, the, the Vols this year are in the, uh, in the offensive line market. How stiff is the competition out there in terms of landing a frontline offensive lineman? And, and, and how many guys do you think we see in that portal in, inevitably? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the number you're going to see, but at the end of the day, if you're a quality player, um, especially in the offensive line, and you're desired, I mean, it's just like recruiting, right? I mean, if you're, yeah. a fi- if you're the best player, high five-star kid in America, you're going to be competing against those guys. Well, five years ago, it was about who's the best fit. You know, how's the how's the school? Does it fit my culture? No, nope, not anymore. What is what is the check you're going to write me? How can I capitalize um, on making the most money that I can make? And all of a sudden, you don't really care about hey, what's the science program or the business program look like? I don't care. I can do business here just for as, just as good as I can there if they're paying me an extra hundred grand or whatever it is. And so. That's what it's turned into. It's turned into professional sports with it's basically the NFL with uh, no, with free agency every single year mm-hmm. and no salary cap. And um, 
I'm, I'm always looking. I'll tell you this. This would be great. I wish like those or Elon Musk would like take a take a strong kinship to like Louisiana Monroe. Can you imagine somebody dropping a billion dollars in the collective at Monroe? Go hire the best staff you can have and go buy every player and watch Monroe. On the <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I mean, I, 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 I'm not laughing when I say this, but we saw this thing with the PGA Tour and the uproar, right, with the Saudi oil money. Can you imagine if one of those guys one night just was flicking on their satellite dish and was like, "Well, this college football thing looks interesting. Let's go buy a let's go buy a university." I say out loud, people don't want to hear this. The people at the top of these universities would take that money so fast it would make your head spin, Tyler. Oh, it wouldn't even think twice about it. Wouldn't even think twice about it. It literally they could take over the way the rules are yep. in the NCAA. The the whatever well, I can't remember the name of the fund, but whatever the fund was that they have, they could take over. They could pick one team and completely. And I mean, literally, they could take the worst team. Yes. In college football, and make them a national champion within three years. I mean, pick, and there's nothing you could do about nothing it. Nothing you could do about it. Hey, Tyler, I mean, you don't think uh, seriously. Who who I know who is the best football player for Tennessee in your opinion? You got one pick. Who are you taking? Who you got, Sean? Who's our best football player? Uh, the punter. <laughs> All right, you it's been a great year. Player. Come on. It's been a great year. Come on, Cinco. Oh, I, I think the most, I think the highest end player right now would be James Pierce. Uh, James Pierce, the end. defensive end. Yeah, very good. Okay, so if if I have the money and I go say I pick up my college high school coach, this is literally all I would do. I say, hey. You mind getting in touch with him and tell him I'm going to give him $5 million to come play at Monroe this year. How long do you think it's going to take him to pack his bags? Uh, about 20 minutes. And you, that's all you would have to do. I would I would pick the 85 – I would just build a dream roster like fantasy football. It would be a fantasy football league with only one player. And I would and I would, I would basically have every pick in the draft. I would pick every single player that I wanted to pay, <laughs> and I would call their high school coach and say, "I got five million dollars to come play college football for this year." And they've created that. My favorite thing about it, Tyler, is they've created this, and they go to Congress and say, "Fix it." Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you people saw this thing coming for the last ten years, and you did nothing but stuff as much money as you could in your pockets. So now it's going to go to the kids. But go ahead, Sean, jump back in here. As Tyler Siski joins, the portal is getting ready to open uh, the week, as soon as the championship games are played, a couple days later and for 30 days, and it's going to be madness. Go ahead, uh, Sean. Switching gears, Tyler. Um, we saw a few years ago where uh, the, the big schools were adding quality analysts. Uh, they were, I mean, they were just bumping up their paid staff enormously. Uh, some people were getting on, on the field and coaching, et cetera. Uh, we have such a finite period of time to accumulate, uh, distill information about who's out there and then make decisions about who we go after because everyone is. What are you seeing in the industry now, schools that are uh, you know, bolstering or, or building their – uh, I guess talent program. And, uh, and a while ago, uh, uh, they used to have. We laughed at when um, I can't remember the kid from Middle Tennessee that wanted to come to Tennessee as a GM several years ago, and then ended up with Orgeron at LSU. But I re- do you see a period where you're going to have a basically a general manager of football and a staff of player personnel? You know, it's it's definitely going that way um, for sure, and. 
so the big thing that you're seeing, I guess, what the current state that we're in is inside recruiting departments, recruiting staffs. There is a college side and a high school side, just like in the NFL. There's a pro side and a college side, right? So you have a group that works on the high school recruiting and works on the high school recruits. And then you have a group that literally just evaluates college players around the country that are available and to go in the portal. And then if they like them and they have enough money, then they start the tampering process. So it's literally turning into that. You've already got um, a lot of schools uh, that do that. Not everybody, but a lot of schools have a quote-unquote college side to where they do that and evaluate that. Some don't because they don't have the staffing to do that, but we're definitely heading that direction um, because that's the next step, right? And, you know, going back, Tony, what you were saying a minute ago about going to Congress, the big thing about going to Congress is all the different state laws, right? And so inside, like the SEC, you got Missouri who can pay high school kids. And so you can start – it gives it gives team an unfair advantage. Every state has different laws, they do need, and, and Congress is the only person that can do it. Um, it's not, I don't think they're trying to get away with NIL, all that stuff. I think they're trying to get just give everybody the same laws as far as what can we do with high school recruits um, when it comes to Congress. And then, you know, the, the last part, and, and this will be the, one, the next discussion, nobody wants to have this conversation. I, can, I think I'm the only one that's been saying this for like two years. Everybody keeps talking about the portal, the portal, the portal, the portal, the portal. This is killing high school recruiting. The portal is all fun and dandy until there's nobody left in the portal because you're taking nothing but portal kids instead of high school kids. You have to replenish the supply. And so there's going to come a, a point of negative return on this portal because you're not, you're not refurbishing the supply with high school players. Um, and I think we're fastly, fastly – approaching that and so when you were asking about how many people will go in i don't know if we're not already there and so we're getting really close if it's not this year it's going to be this next cycle to where um there's not as many players in the portal because there's just not as many players that are eligible to go in the portal in other words that just aren't even being developed right i'm sorry again that that aren't in other words they're they've they there have been such a dereliction toward the high school ranks that they they're going to run out of a supply of kids that enter the portal that are even semi finished products, right? Correct. I mean, you got you got some colleges that aren't even used to take twenty five high school kids a year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got teams that are down to you know ten nine high school kids in a class. The rest are portal. Now the NCAA trying to be cute, and they were. There was their little trick is they dropped the the initial rule. So there's no longer 25. We just got to get to 85. So you will be able to go sign. You know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You can sign more high school kids. But, look, I've coached for 20 years. If I know that I'm getting – I'm on the hot seat and I'm getting fired next year, why would I go sign an 18-year-old kid when I can go sign a 20-year-old kid that's been playing two years in FBS? I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm trying to save my job and save my paycheck to feed my family. I'm going to load up on portal kids. And so that's a byproduct of the crazy world, the fanatical world of firing coaches every year, you know, and, and you don't have time to build anymore. Do you have the time to build? Probably not. Do you have the money to build? You know, you got to have money too, you know? So it's just a, it's a, uh, you know, a cat chasing his own tail. 
Hey, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Well, the last thing for me is um, I, I, I've noticed the um, all of a sudden start started with Lane Kiffin earlier uh, when he couldn't get out of Ole Miss, and he kind of uh, was lazy in high school recruiting last year and had to bulk up his schedule. I mean, bulk up his roster with portal kids. But you're starting to see uh, coaches now get public uh, and, and, and setting the table to blame NIL Collective uh, for not getting the players uh, that the fans deserve and that the fans should, now that they're play, paying donations, buy tickets and parking spaces, et cetera. Um, what do you think about that dynamic? Because I think that's disingenuous on the coach's part. You you know as well as I do that a coach isn't going to dip into his own pocket to pay a kid. He, they're, they're all going to scrounge for every penny they can. And uh, you mentioned the NFL and how they have it down. And I, I, We were talking before you came on air about how the NFL got smart and started structuring rookie contracts, but you don't have a Sam Bradford making crazy money just coming out of college, and now right. the bulk of the money is going to the free agency. Uh, are you seeing that uh, allocations are being decided about uh, we're going we're gonna to put 70% of NIL money into, uh, into uh, transfers, et cetera? How, what do you see going on on the horizon? I'll answer the last part first. Uh, there's not really been as much allocation as you would think because there's no there is no salary cap, right? So if I want player X, whether he's 18 years old or 20 years old, and a portal guy, there's if especially if you're in the SEC. So let's take Tennessee for example. Every single kid that Tennessee wants to recruit, somebody else wants him. They're not recruiting somebody that nobody else wants. Well, it's competition, so. If they go up against Georgia for a kid, and Georgia really wants him, and Tennessee really wants him, well, you're now you're creating a bidding war. So to al- it's very difficult to allocate funds if that makes sense, because that could be an 18 year old kid, that could be a 20 year old kid, right? It doesn't matter. Um, so it's difficult. It really goes by the situation. Um, on the first part, um, I actually I saw the uh, Jim Mora uh, comment that came across my feed yesterday. I started laughing. Here, here's the thing is. I got I got two thoughts on this. I don't think he's not wrong in what he said. He's not wrong in what he said. Um, but here here's the thing. I, I and I'm I'm going I'm going to take the coach's side here, and, I, and that's what I, I get I get accused for on our show all the time. Everybody gets mad at me because I stand up for coaches, and I'm like, well, I did do the profession for 20 years, so I'm going to kind of I am partial to to the profession. Is for and you guys know this because you've been doing this a long time. It's always comical to me that when we for all these years we get mad at coaches because they give too many cliches, right? They're like, well we're going we're gonna give it a hundred percent every play or win the day or whatever. All he's too cliche, he doesn't give us anything. And then now you got coaches who are kind of telling you what they really think and then we beat them over the head then we beat them over the head for what they really think. So I I kind of applaud the 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 give us the truth. You know what I mean? Like, give us what you really think instead of the cliche, but he's come out and said it, um, but he's not wrong. It's the truth. I mean, it's very frustrating when you, um, when you go and you get beat by a guy that wanted to come to your school, but you just didn't have enough money to pay for the guy. That's frustrating. Well, if if I, if I can push back a little bit on your coaches there, I, I I understand what you're saying. However, my contention is, because I saw it up close uh, and following this stuff is that coaches will 
if you're if you're given a crutch as the NIL, a lot of coaches don't like recruiting. And so instead That's of true. go make it instead of making that extra call, instead of spending another hour uh, out scouting kids, et cetera, they'll just pack it in. And you know I'm right. They will just well, say, well, there's, I got, there's I got plenty of coaches that hate recruiting. Yeah, I got beat by a thing. There's also a thing where head coaches are extremely loyal to their buddies. And they will absolutely carry water for a, a, a friend that can't recruit. And then that's where I was coming from. Not that they're not, they're not genuine in, their, in what they're saying, except for the fact that you give a coach an excuse, he will grab onto it with all with both hands and the well, both feet. The, the other thing, Tyler, that's about this whole conversation is fans, because we, we heard it there night on our call-in show after the game where we were on five and a half hours after the Georgia game. God bless me. But uh, <laughs> people, people say, well, we're paying Josh Heupel $10 million. Yeah, and? And? I mean, what is that? Is that supposed to mean you're supposed to win games? I mean, that doesn't mean money in this deal. See, the thing I think that's really interesting about the the college football as it's currently laid out is that you had that team go to Auburn last week and spank them. And that should never, ever, ever, ever happen, Tyler. That should never happen. That was rough. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that was rough. Uh, the to to give the Tennessee fans some uh, what's the right word? I get it. It's it's. I also I'm not. A, it's it's funny for me because I am not a fan of any school anymore. You know what right, I mean? Right. I, I've, I've been a hired mercenary. Been in it too long. long. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, this is as bad as it's going to get for Tennessee. This is the worst. This is the worst year they'll have. And I've actually known that. For like two years, I've actually stayed on our show for a few years. This is it, and there was some roster reshuffling in the transition. That knowing this year is as bad as it's going to get. Uh, if I've ever said this about anybody, I promise you, uh, they got the right guy pulling the trigger coming coming uh, in about uh, I guess in a few weeks. Nico is the real deal. They'll be just fine. Tell me about um, him. Tell me what you see in him, Tyler. Uh, he was probably in that class, probably my favorite guy. Just just the pure arm talent. He's one of the most arm talented kids I've ever seen. Um, and I was almost surprised a little bit. Not, eh, I thought he may go this year. I thought they may just go ahead and, and peel off the Band-Aid. Uh, and for whatever reason, I, and Josh Heupel's coached a lot of ball. They know, he knows what he's doing. He'll be, they'll be just fine. I'm not worried about them going to find – they'll find enough offensive linemen. I'm not worried about that. Uh, they're going to be just fine. Um, I just think, for me, with Tennessee this year – it's about quarterback play. That's the difference between this year and last year's quarterback play. Um, and that's that's what I see from the 30,000-foot view. Um, and you got, as long as, you know, in that system, when you got the right guy pulling the trigger, it's just too explosive. Uh, I think you saw that with Hooker last year. It's just too explosive. Uh, but you need to be accurate. You know, arm strength doesn't matter, but accuracy does. And, and Nico's arm talent that he has is just elite of the elite. Uh, he's got a year to kind of – he got his feet wet a little bit, got a little playing time, got his feet wet. He'll be ready to go. I, I think they're going to be a really, really good team and force for a few years here. Tyler Siski, I, uh, tell the living listener about your podcast and then quick recruiting, and I really appreciate your time. I hope when that portal opens you'll come back and, and spend some time with <laughs> us because you're going you're gonna to be tracking this madness. But uh, go ahead and tell us about what all you're doing, man. Yeah, so I have uh, – 
I have a software called ClickU um, and that the uh, colleges, uh, that's who pays me. And what I do in quick recruiting and all that stuff is what I do is completely free for the high school kids and everything like that. Uh, we put everything in our system. I can't promise. I'm, I'm a realist. I'm not one of these people that out here promising kids scholarships or anything like that. If their stuff is in our system, they're getting looked at. That's the, they're getting evaluated. That's the only thing I can promise you is you're getting looked at. Uh, but the universities uh, use our system. It's a complete recruiting system. Um, I've hired, basically, I have a privately owned recruiting department. Um, I got guys that work for me at Alabama here, guys that work for me at Ole Miss. I got a couple guys from Georgia. Uh, and I got another guy who's a GM for a long time. So it's a privately owned, basically, recruiting department. Um, and we have a software uh, that universities use uh, to be more efficient and more dialed in on their evaluations and of, of prospects. Um, and then the McCready-Siski podcast, we're live uh, three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at 2 o'clock on YouTube. Nice. Um, on the MPW Digital Network, and we'll be live actually today at two o'clock. So if you're when you get done with your when you get done with Tony's show, come hang out with us at two o'clock. Uh, we kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and just tell things like they are. You know, that's I, I don't uh, I'm not a big coach speak guy. If you can't tell, uh, just kind of I peel the curtain back as much as I can without getting anybody under investigation. How about that? Hey, my best to you and your family, and give Neil our best as well. And really you appreciate bet, your time, man. You bet. Great, great to talk to you guys, and I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too, my friend. Thank you. is really, really great. Cinco, that guy's going to be a really terrific resource for us, and he was really, really great. So, um, awesome. Uh, we look forward to many happy returns with him. Uh, Sean, hang there. Bry, hang there. Tell you what let's do. Let's get a brief timeout, and then we'll get some calls in. You will carry the rest of the day on our Wednesday as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people, the place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Kerry registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Tripp Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little 
little extra cash for the holidays. From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shanked portion ham, a dollar forty nine a pound. Sweet potatoes, thirty nine cents a pound. Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, five ninety nine each. Smithfield spiral sliced ham, two forty nine a pound. Food club turkey, a dollar twenty nine a pound. Coca Cola twelve packs, two for eleven. And Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right. People need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty. Same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide battle Auburn in the 88th Iron Bowl in the season finale. Our coverage begins at 11.30 on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tennessee and Kansas, and then Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime, as soon as it ends. The Vols got roughed up last night by Purdue. Dalton Connect last night got absolutely roughed up, and he's got to learn at this level. Uh, you you can't just dribble the ball between three defenders. Uh, that ain't gonna work. And um, and last night Purdue had a good scout on him, and they were just took the ball away from him two or three times in a row. And ironically enough, it was the lawyer kid, L O Y E R, who Tennessee on their scout, as we were talking about today on the blog, because I know this, they decided that they were going to let lawyer do his thing on offense and live with the consequences, disrupting Smith, disrupting Edie, disrupting everybody. And it almost worked. If Tennessee could have hit some shots, they had a chance to pull away from that team, but they couldn't do it. Sean Sinclair, what did you think of last night's ball game? And then we'll go to the phones. Well, I think on that day, the better team won. Uh, and I think it right now, Purdue is the is – I mean, they're tournament ready. They've got what you, they need. They've got the big man that uh, can't be stopped unless he has an off night. And then they've got uh, the two guards that, frankly, uh, are better, are playing better than our two guards right now. Um, uh, I, I think they know their role, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. When I watch Tennessee now, I, I really admire Triple J because uh, he has accepted a role and, and is – now working into that role, uh, it looks to me like the, the team needs uh, Connect and Ganey, or they're going nowhere. They just don't have enough uh, athletes uh, without those two guys to, to get as far as we want them to get in the tournament. And I think that I know he's 
he was been hurt and uh, and and then you have the uh, uh, Viscovi, but uh, to me those two just look a little bit unsettled uh, with this current uh, this current version of the team. I think that Viscovi has been the guy for going on four plus years, and he's always tried to be what he's physically not, which is he, he fancies himself a a um, a penetrating creator. And he's not athletic enough to do that consistently, like a Kennedy Chandler. And the the charm of Ziegler has been that he's a water bug, uh, he's under recruited, he's undersized, and he's manic out there. Well, I think that if both of those guys don't change that, it's going to be to the detriment of the team uh, because Vescovi doesn't have to be that guy. Um, he can be one of the best, uh, just outside pop shot uh, uh, makers in the game, a la Lee Humphrey, uh, Marable Zone, when he was at Florida. And he can still get his point. Um, Vescovi, uh, right now, I think the other night he was a two-to-one turnover to assist ratio. Uh, he gets a little bit hyper on defense. He's certainly a good player. Uh, but I think that bodes well for Tennessee because if these guys embrace new roles, embrace the fact that, Look, Ganey's one of the top two or three players on the team, whether people like it or not. He's he's when he gets going, he's going to be, I think, very very good. And it's it's up to these seniors, these old heads, that I think are going to have to rethink their roles with what's best for this program. And if they do that, I think Tennessee's going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament. There is no doubt, Sean, that this team will play better basketball as they go along, and. Right you are to point out, Josiah Jordan-James humbled himself to come back and is humbling himself on the court. And, uh, man, he is the glue. I'd be saying that. He's the glue for these guys. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. We'll do some overtime as well. Those of you who are on hold, I'll honor everybody. Not too much overtime because I'm doing the post game. Uh, after uh, Tennessee's victory today, we'll do on Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. Hello, welcome in. Hey, Tone. Hey, Colum. I woke up Sunday morning, you know, even after a four-touchdown loss to Georgia. Yep. And the sun shined really bright, and the air, when you breathe in, it just tastes a little better. Breakfast is a little better. Because when you can lose by three touchdowns to a a 24-point dog, into one of the worst programs in in college football, not this team, but New Mexico State's, Probably the worst program in college football. No, they, they have eight wins, dude. Walk. They have eight it's wins. What are you talking about? It's an, it's an awfully good They walk. have eight wins. Like, New Mexico State, do you know that? They have eight I, wins. Tony, I said, Tony, you didn't listen. I said, not this year. They're a very good team because Kill's a hell of a coach. But historically, it's one of the worst well, What are you talking about? And, and you're and the guy that you're obsessed with is in his first year down there, man. Come Tony, on. Tony, he goes off by three touchdowns. You and Paulie Joe need to get a room and, 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 and love on each other's coach obsessions. You guys need Tony, a room, man. T- Tony. <laughs> you guys need a room. Why are you Tony, so obsessed call, with this guy? Tony, he didn't call plays this week. That's I mean, obviously. He must not have called the plays this week. Then he threw all his kids under the bus by calling out effort. It was hilarious. That guy's going to last there two years and gone. You think Auburn's going to tolerate that? Come on. Two years and gone. Yeah, that's not true. Two you don't believe that. You don't believe two that. Two years and gone. 
You he's, do. Down there, he's down there at the end of twenty four. Now, now answer my question. He terrible. I, I'm he really terrible. I, I'm curious now, okay? I'm curious about your just your overall obsession with level with this guy. And I need you to really shoot me straight here. Titan Spill's calling my cell phone. That's neat. Um shoot me straight here. Were you the other night watching that game at the end of the game? Where is that on your radar? Oh, I watched every minute. What in the world? Are you kidding? Tony, it's the best moment of the football season for me. So that's probably your favorite game of the year? You got issues, man. Favorite game of the year. You got issues. It was great. Because... He's got a reputation, and it's, but his actual coaching acumen doesn't even come close to that. You do, nice. you do realize, I, I don't know, you tell me, you do realize that he is a premier coach in college football, right? Oh, my God, Tony. That's the problem. That's why I'm calling it. Sean St. Clair. Sean St. Clair. The guy at Auburn's already won six games with zero offense. They played Georgia off their feet. They're kind of like us. Their team's all beat up now, and it kind of is what it is. And and New Mexico brought a very good team in there and put it on them uh, with uh, Jerry Kill, Killer B Kill, Duku Kim. Um, Cinco, what is you, Sean? You'll acknowledge that, right? That Hugh Freeze is a premier coach in college football. Oh my God! I don't know about premier. I, 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 with with what Mark's saying, I don't think that Mark is alluding this in public but i will um having lived in memphis a long time uh when hugh was there mm-hmm. um he was one of the biggest sleaze balls yeah, as a human being. oh my gosh let the drums play no no, no he's hey i'll take ah I'll you're take watering no, mark and columbus is tortured he's soul a nice, he's, a, he's a nice coach He's a good coach. He's no better than Lane Kiffin. He's no better than anyone else. You and uh, Paulie Joe and that guy Dower Dave is, need to get a room. He is absolutely a despicable Columbo. Doc, he's in a in a profession full of scoundrels and please ball. He tops the list. Oh, stop it! He is up yeah. there with Rick Pitino. He's up there. Are you guys kidding? Tony, Doc, no, it's worse. No, because he, because he, because he, because he, because he, he puts the Christian. He puts the Christianity out there. You guys don't know that. You don't know what kind of person he is. Come on, guys. Hang on. He's a great coach. Go back to Memphis and ask questions about when he was a girl coach. See what you, see what you hear. Yeah. Go back and, go back and, Go back and try to go back and figure out how he missed Michael Orr to get into the profession. Columbus, you don't believe this stuff he's saying. Even it's it, beyond the pale for you. Tony, here's the worst part, Tony, is that he he hides behind this religious thing. Oh, stop. Oh, you can't believe that. That's Come on, man. I'd be, I'd be okay with you're a total sleazeball, but when you make yourself out to be Coach Billy Graham, it's a problem. And we... Colombo, this is the most sick and twisted victory lap you've ever taken, and that Sean Sinclair is a party to this is really sad to me. 
No, no. The big one of the best one of the biggest laughs I've ever had right. was when you got caught entangled in that uh, escort, prostitute, hooker, whatever you want to do. And then he comes back and says that he's going to get together with his his uh, worship leadership and uh, and close the circle with his family and uh, get back to base. I, I almost died of fourth last. I mean, are you kidding? Doc, if Tennessee would have hired him here, would you have been close to done? Uh, you know what? Because I'm I'm about the only one around that will admit uh, that they will sell out a little bit for wins. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that. The answer's no. I will, look, I will look the other way a little bit if you're winning, but but like most people, and, and look, I know, I, I admit it, and I think a lot of people would admit it too. Uh, but it would not, it would, I, I would not let them around my daughter. I would not let them around anyone uh, else. Columbo, are like you I proud can, of yourself? I, You've I, taken no, hey, sync. You've drugged Cinco into that, your mud. Are you proud of yourself? I can, I can say that I can say that Michael Jackson's the king of pop, but I would never let him date like this. Kind of like when Paulie Joe drags Joshy Boy into his mud. That's what you've just done. You've taken Cinco and drug him right into your mud. Are you proud of Tony, yourself? It was my favorite game of the year, and to see him after the game look completely look terrible. By the way, like he's not having a good time. Oh, would you stop it? He's the head coach at Auburn, and they're working on an iron ball upset this weekend. Not good. Yeah. Okay. Bam is what you call locked in. After Hugh Freeze beat him twice at Ole Miss, he's going to put seventy on that clown. Columbo, would you stop? Good gosh, you're out of here. Happy Thanksgiving to you, moron. Good night. Hey, Brian Hartman, what's the line on today's game? I got a line on you. The Kansas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in today's game. And I should mention... North Carolina is playing down in Atlantis. They're playing Northern Iowa. Carolina is favored by 12 points. They're facing a 1-2 and two team, and they trail 41-35 just before half. Will you take Northern the Vols? Will you take the Vols? What's, who are you playing today's game? Because you got yesterday's game miserably wrong. So I'm going to give you another run at it here. I got yes. Did I pick Tennessee to win yesterday? You did. I don't remember that. Yeah, you did. Uh... Lee, now, I, th- I think Lee did. Lee, oh, Lee catches straights. All right. When you sign up for Zen Sports account, $1,000 no danger first wager, that could be your game today. You could sit there and bet on that thing and watch it. And imagine the brain pop at the end of it when you're $1,000 richer because you didn't risk anything. Place your first bet at Zen Sports. You'll be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if your bet loses. And then while you're at Zen Sports, kind of tool around and look over at their VIP rewards program and all the things that are coming online there from the bonuses, the comps, the perks. The VIP program is by invite only, but you get over there, start betting, and you might just get invited. No other sports book offers you the premier sports betting experience 24-7, top-tier customer support, fastest withdrawals in the state, no doubt about it. 
Get going. Download the app at zensports.com because Zen Sports betting just got better. And if you have a gambling problem, 800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. 21 and over in the state to bet. And, Sean, I can't believe that you just played to the worst angels of Mark and Colombo's nature. Well, you would be mistaken. You would be mistaken in thinking that Mark would influence me. I, I, I know. I know about Hugh Freeze from way back. God, such a great bit. Such a time-honored bit. People pop for the Jemby drums. And who was the uh, player, the African uh, player that he was recruiting when he got the Jemby drums and the oh, prayer candle out? Forgive me, Johnny Kongbo. 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 Yeah. What was his yep. first name? What was Kongbo's first Jonathan name? Kongbo. Johnny Kongbo. Yep. Johnny. And, the, and the best thing about that was when they went out there to recruit him, and that old uh, who was he went to Penn State and then or Mississippi State. Uh, it was our defensive coordinator, and they went out there and they took a big recruiting picture with the staff, and uh, 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 and they were all eating ice cream, and the coordinator had ice cream dripping all over him. <laughs> that was that Bob Shoop guy. Shoop. That's it. That's it. Bob Shoop. 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 Wanted no Shoop. Part of re- He's another one. To to the radio listener, I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. For some reason, we're going to continue this over at tclub.team, and we'll talk to you after today's game. Love you. Happy Thanksgiving.